This is a podcast by The Straits Times. Welcome to Singapore's War on COVID, a podcast series by The Straits Times. This podcast series is based on selected chapters from a book detailing Singapore's experience battling the COVID-19 pandemic. The book, written by journalists of The Straits Times and edited by ST's executive editor Sumiko Tan, is titled In This Together, Singapore's COVID-19 Story and is available in major bookstores now. Details online at stbooks.sg Hello, I'm Sumiko Tan, Executive Editor of The Straits Times. In this episode, we're going to look at how the government communicated its COVID-19 strategy in the first two years of the pandemic. The plan was anchored on being timely, transparent, relevant and consistent, says the Chief of Government Communications. By late April 2021, about 1 million people in Singapore had received their two doses of the COVID-19 vaccine. But more had to be done to get others to take their jabs. Among the campaigns rolled out to achieve this was a music video featuring actor Gurmit Singh playing Pochukang, a local TV sitcom character from the late 1990s. Rapping in Singlish, Pochukang urged Singaporeans to faster go and vaccinate. The vaccine is not anyhow wet, and against COVID, it will protect Singapore. Don't wait and see. get your shot. The video went viral with people divided on it. Some thought it cheesy, others loved it. Mr. Daniel Lee, an officer from the Campaigns and Production Department at the Ministry of Communications and Information, was one of those behind the video concept. He recalls how it was targeted at people in their 40s and 50s. When the vaccination program started, the seniors were the first to get vaccinated. But subsequently, when we rolled out to the different age groups, like the 40s, 50s, from the data, we observed that there's still some hesitation because this group, they have chronic conditions, they don't know whether the vaccination is safe for them. We decided to bring Porsche come back because this character resonates with the masses, especially to this age group. We wanted to also entertain the audience. There was message testing done. And in terms of creating the song, we also worked with the producers to see whether that genre appeals to that age group and then work with the producers to sharpen the lyrics to see whether we can weave in all these messages, even in the song. The government's public messaging was handled by the Ministry of Communications and Information. Mr. Janadas Devan was in the thick of this as Chief of Government Communications. He says the comms plan was anchored on being timely, transparent, relevant and consistent. He notes, Without much talking about it, we determined at the very beginning that it was essential to maintain public trust. So as a result, PM went on television from very early. We conducted uh, regular press conferences. Journalists used to complain because we had press conferences on Saturdays. And we allowed everyone to attend the, the press conferences, foreign, domestic. We gave a lot of background briefings, not confidential information because almost everything that we knew about COVID was put out but technical briefings so that you understand the context of the announcement. In 2020, the multi-ministry task force held 48 conferences. In 2021, there were 28. Some were streamed live to the public. Prime Minister Lee Sen-Lung also spoke to the nation to update them about the virus. 
seven times in 2020 and twice in 2021. In the first two years of the pandemic, the Ministry of Health released 730 statements on the virus situation. Mr. Davin says, Nothing of importance was withheld. We gave out so much information. I mean, I, I know foreigners who asked us, how come you're putting out so much information? In the early days, we put down even sex, age, where the infection <laughs> cluster was, and so on. I think as a result, it helped maintain public confidence. And because of that, um, I think one of the reasons why our vaccination rates are so high. The key in a crisis is to communicate clearly, simply and frequently. Advertisements that were placed in traditional media like newspapers and TV were easy to understand with bite-sized messages and were repeated frequently. They drummed home the need for people to wash their hands, wear masks and keep a safe distance from one another. Mr. Davin says, We did 5,000 print ads in four languages over the past two years and over 800 television interstitials in all the four languages during the period. And this doesn't include the countless you know, music videos and all sorts of things that we put out. Existing communications channels were repurposed with help from the Government Technology Agency or GovTech. One key channel was a WhatsApp service called gov.sg. This was used to issue push notifications about daily case numbers and other COVID measures. Mr. Davin says, And during the height of the crisis, we put out as many as three to five messages a day. And it took a huge effort because when we first started, we really didn't know how to do these things. It took hours to put out the messages. GovTech came to the aid and we sort of expedited the process and we learned as we went along. In terms of pandemic communications, the first big test came in April 2020 when the government had to reverse its message on the wearing of masks. To stretch the country's supplies, it had actively told Singaporeans not to wear masks if they were well. When new evidence emerged that asymptomatic persons could still spread the virus, they now had to tell everyone, even those who were well, to don a mask. Mr. Davin says there was debate among some political office holders, or POH for short. We made a lot of mistakes at the beginning. The biggest mistake was on masks. Well, we took the advice of world experts. But in retrospect, should we have been a bit more circumspect in the way we put it out? I think perhaps we should have. Uh, I must say that some of the POH's political office holders sounded a word of caution. Um, and they turned out to be right. Another period where a lot of public anxiety had to be managed was in April to June 2020, when Singapore entered a lockdown, which it described as a circuit breaker. Workplaces were closed, schools moved to home-based learning, and social gatherings were banned. The government had to find new ways to reach Singaporeans, many of whom were feeling isolated at home. A system was set up to engage those living in rental flats via phone calls. The state broadcaster ramped up its programming for the elderly. 
To reach out to Gen Z audiences not on Facebook or Instagram, the government used TikTok. Singapore rolled out the rest of 2020, and by late December, the first of the COVID-19 vaccines had arrived. The challenge in 2021 was to get Singaporeans to be vaccinated, especially the elderly who were even more hesitant, and to urge them not to leave their homes unnecessarily. We decided very early that you looked at um, fatality rates and the death rates in other countries. You could see that countries where the infections among the elderly was kept low had lower death rates. So we made safeguarding our senior citizens the centerpiece of our ops as well as our comps. We went so far as to send trucks with loudspeakers into the heartland to tell people to go and get vaccinated. Come down now so the mobile vaccination clinics were down, so come down and so on and so on. Another key period was in July 2021 when safe distancing measures, which had been relaxed, had to be reinstated when cases rose because of the more transmissible Delta variant. People had by then grown tired of the on-off measures. The government changed the tone of its messaging, attempting more like-hearted content and working through influences. The situation stabilised and the vaccination rates went up. But from mid-September to around November 2021, another crisis emerged. The Delta variant caused many to come down with COVID, and the authorities had to implement home recovery when it wasn't quite ready for it. Mr. Devon says, The most difficult period, ironically, was actually towards the end, when things seemed to be getting better. Then we had this reversal, Delta exploded. Then we had to safeguard the healthcare system because we felt that you could transition to home recovery with a high vaccination rate. It was a good policy, but it was a sudden shift in policy and all the operational details had not been worked out. And operational details here also means the communications. What do you tell people? What do you tell people what to do? So it took a while for us to simplify the process, simplify the message. Well, it took a while, maybe three weeks or so, to, to clean up the process and to put in place all that structure. To manage the public's anxiety about home recovery, the Ministry of Health quickly set up a call centre. Ms Lam Wai-Ning, the Deputy Director of the Case Management Contact Centre, oversaw the operations of the COVID-19 hotline. At its peak, more than 400 to 500 people manned the calls. Callers who had either come down with COVID-19 or had been in close contact with one were confused about new home recovery rules. Ms Lam remembers... 
They're anxious, they're not sure. Because when we first launched the home recovery program, it was so new because everyone was like, I need to be in a facility. And if I'm at home now, what does that mean? You know, will I spread to my my children or my grandparents? So there was a lot of uncertainty, a lot of fears. You do have uh, callers who are very, very upset, very, very frustrated. And the word is very, very anxious. So they can be difficult. And then they, you will have callers who are very understanding, you know, and, and, and they're just um, very nice about it. Sometimes people just want to be heard. So the question is, can I be conveyed? But there's a lot of anxiety and they really need to know that at that point in time, how infectious it would be. And if they get infected, can I get help? So it's really listening for what their concerns are. And then you really need to address that concern. If you can address it, you address it. If you cannot, then you have to be very open about it and say, I can't, I'm going to escalate this and we see how we can resolve it for you. You've got to be very calm and you've got to know your protocols very well, what can be done, what can't be done. Because I think they become very anxious, especially if they have a child. When the fever are running at 39 degrees, at 40 degrees, and they're very worried, you know, it's like they want to be responsible. What I really hear from the callers is that they want to be responsible. They know I don't want to go out because I don't want to spread it, but I have a very, very sick child. What should I do? And after that, the agents, they do get affected. So you really kind of need to let them, you know, step aside, de-stress. But what you really get during that time, right, is every single agent, right, when they finish with it, they'll be like, oh, it was really tough. But you know what? I solved that case. And oh, you know what? That caller was really angry, but now she's no longer angry. So we do a survey at the end of each call. And so it's very heartening to know that about 90% of the calls, they are satisfied and they are happy and they, they rank us very high. So you do know that we have provided a service. Throughout the pandemic, public polling and online engagements were carried out to understand Singaporeans' sentiments and concerns. Mr. Devon says, Which are the points of resistance on vaccination, for example? Which groups doubt you most? Which groups are most hesitant? And then you find out and then you target messages to those groups. So it's in aid of your comms and your messaging. I mean, it wasn't just, you know, simply asking people what they thought of us, you know. Overall, the government's communication efforts were well received. Polls indicate that more than 8 in 10 were satisfied with the information provided on COVID-19. Speaking in Parliament in March 2022, Minister for Communications and Information, Mrs Josephine Teo, noted, We could not have handled a public health crisis if the public didn't trust health authorities or didn't believe the information they were receiving. That is precisely why, from the very outset, we resolved to keep the public informed as fully and as expeditiously as possible. We were determined to tell it as it is. And that's a wrap for Episode 5 in our podcast series, Singapore's War on COVID. I'm Sumiko Tan. Don't forget to share this podcast episode and earlier ones with your friends and family. Our final episode will be out in August. You've been listening to Singapore's War on COVID a podcast series by The Straits Times. This podcast series is based on selected chapters from a book detailing Singapore's experience battling the COVID-19 pandemic. The book, 
written by journalists of The Straits Times and edited by ST's executive editor Sumiko Tan, is titled, In This Together, Singapore's COVID-19 Story, and is available in major bookstores now. Details online at stbooks.sg. That was a podcast by The Straits Times. Send your feedback to podcast at sph.com.sg. Find us on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or via the Google Voice Assistant and Amazon Alexa-enabled devices. For more podcasts by The Straits Times, The Business Times, and Money FM 89.3, you can also download the audio by SPH app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O.